Hey, hey, hey. You're not wax. My name Alex. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Miami Mayhem Show. I'm AO, and to my other side is our special guest today, Rasta Edis, man. How are you doing, brother? Bless, man. Can't really complain. Uh, just finished up, obviously, recording the show for Saturday morning. So um, it was pretty fun, obviously, getting to talk the abysmal game we just went through. Um, but having the, the ability to still talk that we're in this ACC running still. Um, season's not over. Um, recruiting's picking up. I mean, there's, there's a lot of still still to look, obviously, happy about and kind of just ease the pain a little bit, you know, from a- ACC refs fucking us, as always. And we will be getting into that, by the way, too. So a little quick uh, housekeeping while we get going. Down below is our, my, our entire Miami Flow link. It is for our YouTube shows, our podcasts, our social media pages, our Discord chat, and we even have on there the very mighty, very meaty college game day playlist that you guys have been picking out all the last two years we've been up. And, hey, that playlist is a lot better than listening to an ACC announcer. So tune it on, turn it up, and it is phenomenal. And only getting better and better each each week, it seems like. Ross, like you kind of mentioned, too, there's a few things we'll kind of be going over with the ACC, especially over the Georgia Tech game, too. But we want to make sure we also mention our sponsor, Chad Bar Law. And you guys, you can catch his information right down here below. Chad Bar Law at info at chadbarlaw.com, 888-2-VET-LAW, which is 283-8529. But we also want to mention we say hello to everybody here in the chat for jumping on in here. Bama Kane. What's happening? IMAX. Always good to see you, buddy. Solo Kane, Curveball, and your son's in here, which is always good. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it's kind of past bedtime, but good that he's here. And Norman with the $15 dono, ACC covered for the GT officiating crew, said they're not going to throw their officials under the bus, unfortunately. And you know what? I think we're, that's going to be this perfect segment right to it. Ross, tell me what you think about the, the, the Georgia Tech recap. Um, I mean, honestly, like, yes, you can you can harp on it. I mean, games shouldn't have been close at all, right? But at the end of the day, bro, there's still a lot to be to look good, you know, um, at the game. I know a lot of people are gonna to kill it and, and ready to, to to throw the throw the towel in and stuff like that. But looking at the game, man, I mean, the first right off the bat, you just go look at the defense, and I mean, the defense did an excellent job. You know, I, I don't even count that last score, even though I get it. Defense let him get behind them, but we should never have been in that position in the first place. Um, but it is what it is. We still held them kind of right around the 20. Um, if you take the touchdown away, they didn't even get to 20. So, um, I mean, it is what it is. Offense, you know, they didn't do what we expected. TBD kind of looked like a deer in headlights at moments. Um, I know they spoke and said that the new D.C. for Georgia Tech kind of threw some new looks and, and things at TVD, so he wasn't even kind of expecting a lot of it. Excuses, whatever, however you want to call it, but I mean, at least it's it's over, you know, move forward. You do what you're supposed to do against UNC, Florida State, Louisville, and then you have those three teams undefeated, and you still got uh, NC State and Clemson, who are two lost teams. 
still really good teams. So, I mean, there's a lot to, to still kind of be positive moving forward with. I absolutely agree with that. And like General said, Lex is not here tonight, but Lex is also, as you guys know, is a very, very awesome businessman down in Florida. And when duty calls, got to run with it, man. He owner of his own company. So when, when things hit the fan, the CEO, he's got to go take charge of it. So hopefully Buddy will hop on here, but we'll see. But otherwise, wish you all the best, Buddy. I'll see you on Saturday for the tailgate show for sure. And they're going to be at the UNC tailgate, which I'm also very uh, wish I was there for. I mean, they're they're getting this whole ball rolling already for the tailgate. Like, I mean, these guys are these like these guys are like legitly like military strategists. Like, <laughs> we're going to be here at this time. You guys all fly in at this time. We'll all meet here. Then we'll all meet here. And then we're going to take 22 minutes for us to get from here to here. And in that meantime, we'll go pick up nine other things and be here at that exact time. But I, I agree with you. Like, I think the recap for me from the Georgia Tech was we let them in the game. Five turnovers, you, there's really not a whole lot you can do, you know, and you shot yourself in the foot. But if you were at the beginning of this year, and remember through all the five and seven turmoil, because I think that's people tend to forget about the past really fast, especially when you have success. If you'd have told everybody going into this Carolina game that we would be four and one, everybody would have been fine with it, right? Because, oh, that means that we lost only to probably Texas A&M, right? And we handled the business and would you be, we'd be happy with that. Yeah. Now five and oh, should have been five and oh, I mean, I don't want to speculate on what I thought happened with the the sequence of events for our side of it. I mean, if you're Miami, you cannot like Jimmy Johnson said back in the '80s, you can never put a Miami game in the hands of officials, ever, ever. And that's why I put on the bottom down here, guys, is history continues to repeat itself because '80s, '90s, 2000s, 2020s. How many games have been really actually very influenced by referees? And because remember, everybody was hopping on the Cheney fumble, right? A lot of the older heads of, of, of the Canes Nation were like, this ain't the first time that we've had a fumble be called on us. <laughs> you know, with, uh, what was his name? Gar- or Carey? Or what was the the fumble at the, the goal line that everybody kept uh, mentioning? Gary, um, oh, man. Chad, you guys yeah. might have to help us out on this one because I can't remember. That was like a little bit before my time. But it, yeah, like, <laughs> but it was just one of those things where Cleveland game. There you go. There we go. That it was just one of those things where you kept having the the same intentions happen. And for me, I I personally wanted to thank thank you, Norman. It, it was one of those things where ACC refs. And ACC for Miami just have not gotten along. I mean, we're looking at this game, but guys, let's 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 be realistic for a second. Last year, we had another game like that with the team that we're up- upcoming with. Was the referees jumped in and made a very influential call during the North Carolina game, and we were all bitching about that last year. You know, and like like the, everybody kept saying all oh, about the Duke game, the Duke game, the Duke game, right? Well, that was also years ago. But what happened to that officiating crew? Once that they're like, "Oh yeah, you guys were probably down." They didn't take the they didn't take the the W away from Miami, but they did go after the referees. So, if you were going to side with one side, my honestly question for you, Ross, is: Do you think that it? <laughs> do you think that the 
when when the presser came out from the ACC, I, I, everybody kind of saw going, okay, they're going to side with their referees. You're not going to lose credibility from your own staff. You know what I mean? Like this early in the season wouldn't make any sense. Right. But but were you a little surprised that there was no like suspension or anything like that on it because of how many other calls were kind of missed in that game? Um, No, because I feel like had it been Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, you know, one of the, the white-collared schools, yeah, I feel like there would have probably been something that shook out. But honestly, no, man. I mean, you watched a Miami player get flagged for a late hit on the quarterback, right, a rough in the quarterback. But then if you turn around and you watch Haynes King's touchdown run right after a penalty was called on Miami – Ruben Bain beats the, the guard and is all like almost completely around him. He's already around him, but he's still kind of like pushing off of him. The guard turns around and dives at Ruben's like his knee, grabs him by his calf, leans into him and tackles him, and no flag is even called. Touchdowns good like good as day. And then on that same play, Leonard Taylor, the, the other guard has him wrapped completely around his chest where he can't even run. Yeah, what was called, and like we were kind of talking about right before the the show started up, we had the and what they will call one of the sloppiest games for Miami. We had three unsportsmanlike calls in what was almost the first half, where you bailed them out of potentially a half yard away from the goal line for a safety, which would have completely changed up that game. Right, momentum's going our way. We're literally getting the crowd back into the game. You can see the the settling down effect, right? Like Miami's like, okay, now we know our speed. Now we know we can like really dig in. And if you're watching Cam, he's ready to grind in there. Like he's starting to grab everybody and put them exactly where they needed to go. I don't think I've ever seen a penalty be thrown for a guy standing up. <laughs> <laughs> legitly walking the hell away and then have to watch later on in the day a a very very known quarterback walk up on a play that has nothing to do with a, a touchdown play take a mouthpiece out of somebody's helmet and fling it into a student section and nothing's called the whole game People talk. Mm -hmm. The whole game, people flex. People do this and people do that. I would love to see I and like like we kind of talked about. I don't even care about the the one fumble call. Okay, let's take that out of the equation. Let every, every anti-Miami fan that watches this, you know what? Take that out of your equation. I'm cool with that. Let's talk about all the rest of it. Because to really make a point of this is you can't name one of these penalties where it makes sense from a football standpoint. You had a holding call on our offensive line for a touchdown that was done when oh, the man. guy is in the end zone already. Has nothing to do with the beginning of the play. He's already you watch the replay end zone and he's not holding him. You know, it, it's just one of those things where it continues to happen. And if you're a Hurricane fan for a while, you remember some of these streaks that we've had where we've had touchdowns continuously called back on Miami. Everybody mentions that, oh, we haven't had a 
punt return or kick return, you know, and touchdown for years. Mm-hmm. No, we did. They just got all called back. Right. It's easy to swing those favors into, you know, out of the equation of a game because of a little flag that gets thrown. So, right. Ross, the one thing I, I kind of want to ask you, and we kind of talked about it a little bit before, and I kind of want the chat, you guys start getting this too. How is Miami good, beneficial for the ACC? I mean, I think it's, it's the obvious, right? Because if you go look at brands in the SEC, ACC, you can argue there's only one that's even on par with Miami's, and that's Florida State, right? And if if I, I get it, you can argue Duke and North Carolina just for the basketball, but that's basketball. If you're looking at football standpoint, there's not really another brand. Clemson wasn't even a brand before Dabble even got there, and it took him, uh, you know, quite some time to get it going. So, yes, I get it, the revenue, uh, whatever. It's, it's a little small country town that's full of, of people that go to the game, whatever. But if you're looking at the brand, right, and you put the U, and you have the Cardinal, and you have the Shish Kebab, and you got, like, all this other stuff. I, know, I was laughing at that when he posted it. Um, <laughs> but if you're looking at all the brands, there's only two brands that, that are comparable, and that's Miami and Florida State, right, for the ACC. And if you look longevity and you look into the season, the knock on the ACC has been level of competition. You should have, quote, unquote, five undefeated teams at the moment, but you got four, right? You have Louisville, UNC, Florida State, and um, damn, how to break for Louisville. And so you have four undefeated teams at this moment. If you have – you call that game right, you have five. You have an undefeated Miami team going in to a top 15 matchup because it would have been top 15 at the time, headed to Chapel Hill this week. Two undefeated teams in ACC getting ready to play each other. Then I, I get it. Miami gets a four and two, five and two Clemson team. Still going to be – because it's Clemson, right? That's what yep, they've done yep. the past decade. Respectable. They roll into town. Now you have a, a five and a six and a whatever Miami going against a, a four and two, five and two, whatever Clemson will be the next week. And I get it. You get Virginia. But then the following week, you get, I think, NC State or something like that. And they're also four and two, five and two, whatever. That's respectable. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's quote unquote able to get ranked. And then you get uh, undefeated Florida State. And then later on, you get an undefeated Louisville. The strength of schedule, the the eyes on those games, you have more implication going into that game. That that alone, bro, brings revenue. It brings audience. It brings a crowd to the ACC. Now you have an ACC conference who has some really good teams out there that you could sit here and say, look, look what, look what we're putting on the table. Like, I get it. You have the SEC who's over here, but we're also – I think it's five and one, six and one, something like that against the SEC this year. With the only loss being from Virginia, who's only won one game this year, and Tennessee. So, like, if you want to compare, I mean, you got Louisville, Kentucky. That's not happening at the end of the year. I get it. And obviously, Georgia, Georgia Tech, whatever. You can't even really call that. Then you got Florida, Florida State. So, I mean, honestly, this year the ACC is going to fare pretty well against the SEC. Right. So, 
if you're looking at that strengthening your conference and you're wanting teams to stay now, like Florida State, like North Carolina, you know, Miami, Clemson, that would help you. That would kind of say, hey, look what we're doing. You know, right. we're going to have four to five teams up here battling now every year for the ACC title game. You're going to have two to three teams, no matter what, in New York six ball game. And that's if teams stay consistent. I get included in Miami. But you now finally have ammunition to say, hey, ESPN, hey, Disney, you know, hey, CW, all these other things. You sure you only want to pay me this? Because over here, I, I can make, you know, I can make things shape for you. You just got to talk numbers. to me. There's so much ammunition, bro, for the ACC to, to benefit off Miami being good, Florida State being good. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many other teams that the ACC really does need to be good. Right. And if you're saying the, one of the, the mid-teams in the conference now is Clemson, come on, bro. But I think you're, I think this is where I'm going to throw a wrench in it. Is, and I'm going to play devil's advocate. Is You're thinking about this year, right? So if we're good, we build it up. Well, what's what's been the biggest – oh, actually, hold on. We buy house in Naples with the dono, twenty dollar dono, thirty seven or thirty, sorry, thirty five, twenty seven Ks, baby. Yeah, I we'll get to those predictions a little bit later on, but yeah, I like that prediction a lot. But this is the thing I got to throw in there is what did everybody say was? I think you might have mentioned it at the very beginning. Is one of one of the biggest things about Miami is its size of brand. It's a global brand. It is already established it's going to build itself based off of how well they do if they are on the field they in winning they are the most prominent prize possession that all these conferences could want but they also could go a different route too they could legitly if they really truly were winning and, and really saw that you know that growth happen right the back part of it you get past the back and now you're here you know when they when they stop saying are the Canes back? And they start saying the Canes are the Canes are here. That's two right. different, completely bigger monsters. Right. If that happens, and Miami is sitting there saying, "Oh, we're getting real close to being done with our deal with the ACC," we become the bell of the ball. And I'm not just saying for the SEC and the Big Ten. If you're established, and at that time you're the height, you're you're almost growing like a Colorado type deal, right? But Colorado, everybody's kind of well. well let's wait and see how they really do, right? Miami, Miami going down the route of Notre Dame is really dangerous. But I will tell you one thing. If I'm ACC and I know I have to play these cards to myself, and like you said, I have to look at it from the long-term aspect. I need to keep you here. I don't like you. I just need you here, though, because you are a brand name, and I don't care how well you do because as long as I can keep you under my thumb, I can make money off of you. And that's more important to me than me liking you or you doing well. But if they stick around for another year or two and their stock kind of stays diminished, them having the chance to leave to Big Ten or SEC as a prized possession dwindles a little bit. You know what I mean? You're keeping their stock a little down. But I got to disagree there because we haven't been anything in 20 years, 20 plus years. There's not much more stock that can drop technically. Right. You know, and I'm not saying we've been nine and three, 10 and two every year type. You know, we just have been national. No, we've been six and six, seven and five, seven and five, eight and four, six and right. five. Like we've been used from up and down. So I, I and that's my thing is ACC can't like blackball us anymore. 
you know, not more than what we already are. Right, right. And if you're talking brand, right, like our brand is never going to die off because it's it, Miami is attached to the city of Miami. It's an international brand. When you walk in the city, you do. You see University of Miami. You know, you'll see University of Florida and all that. I get that. But when you are from international waters, right, nine times out of ten, you're looking at Coral Gables. You're looking at Miami. That's where you want to be. That's where you want to move, not Gainesville, you know. So I think it, I think a lot of these other conferences, especially like the Big Ten, they know that. They realize that. And even though they may not be the biggest fan of Miami, they understand marketing. That guy in there understands, let me go get USC and UCLA. That's LA. I got all, all of Southern Cal now. Let me go get Oregon and Washington on a budget, on, on a good, like, you know, kind of like big deal. Right now, I have the I got like all the teams from the West Coast. There, there's no bigger names on the West Coast. Where else do I need to go? South. I need to go get Florida. I, I need to go get Florida. Right. I'm gonna go get Miami now because Miami will take up the biggest part of Miami because of the brand. Now, if you start getting Miami, let's say that you know they're a 10, 10 one team and they're eleven. Every once in a while, I get twelve, maybe an eight or whatever. You're going to have so many people that are like, I don't care. You know, I, like I'm going for Miami because it, it's Miami. It's South Beach. Like that's what I know when I visit. The brand is not just in the United States. You know, right. everybody right. knows Miami. Miami has a wide brand. You know, I've been in Colorado when I was stationed out there, bro, that like it's a lot of us out there. You go up in the Northeast and there's a lot of alumni up there, you know. Mm -hmm. But if you go international – like we got people in Australia, shout out to Tush. You know, we got Tush. people in Spain. Like you got like the brand itself, because people attach themselves to Miami. You know, they would love to attach themselves to New York because a lot of like foreign waters go to New York for business. But there's no team in New York. Ain't nobody out here hollering, go NYU. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but if you look at Miami and the brand that it's gonna build on a football field. I get it. Oh, you can't stay up. You can't fill a stadium. You can't do whatever, bro. We've never been able to do that. And our brand has right. never divorced. So you're talking about international. And I think that's why t the SEC, I get it. They may not be as eye-opening as right. Clemson and North Carolina, the, the college towns and stuff like that. But people like that Big Ten, they know, like, I got to get, I got to get down there. And I'm going for probably the biggest brand that I can get down there, which will be Miami. Got to happen. And it, and it's one of those things where I, I I would look I would look to that being the case. And yes, Geo, I completely understand the whole. It's the Neil, like you said, you can't fight fact. If if you make a wrong call, you have to live with that call. You can run the ball on you know, the last minute of a game. And you know what? If, if things happen the, the wrong way, it's either you're a hero or or not. <laughs> but it's 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 the, the pull of the cards, right? But here's the thing, too, is like it's not so much of just the, I guess, how the ACC is to me. It's just there's nothing on here that makes me want to stay in the ACC. If I'm Miami, like, look at – just the package that we get, right? You, you, and it's not just this one last game. These these games have been happening over and over and over for Miami. But also, <laughs> my favorite couple things, and you've heard me on the on these spiels too, is like 
Look at the commentators we get for our home games. They suck. They're trash. And you know what? I have no problem saying that to them now because you know what? Bringing Stephen A. Smith on was probably one of the, I would say, probably one of the best things they've done in 15 years for us. But exactly like that. Like, and even he was kind of hating on Miami at the very end. Like, he was like, yeah, I'll be back here if y'all, if they ever actually win. You know what I mean? Like, I don't come to, I don't come to squads that lose, you know, and it, but like even the officiating, it's been the packages. It's how they represent Miami. Like every time that we're on TV, somehow you miss our coming through the smoke. And finally they got this one because it was on primetime. Thank you, God. Cause I was like, if you turn to those guys, cause they were on them in the little tunnel. I'm like, yeah. if, I swear to God, if you don't move this camera so I can watch it when it's right behind them, we're going to have yeah. an issue. But to me, it's just it's it's always been the the same thing. Is the ACC never wants to see Miami just go because they I think they kind of like you said, if I can keep them over here and yeah, you lose Clemson and Florida State and go that way, fine. But if I can keep Miami over here like an ace in the hole, and then all of a sudden I unleash a Miami, and I know that Miami and going where for the next twenty years, and now there's nothing else I can rely on because those other schools have left, and you're not going to replace a Florida State with an SMU. You're not going to replace a potential Clemson with a UCLA. You know what I mean? It's just, those right. are, are aren't the similar bring-ins. But Miami moving upwards is probably your biggest bet that's going to end up happening. Virginia Tech is going to take a couple right. more years to rebuild all that kind of stuff. But right. and when it comes to baseball, football, and basketball, we can easily start projecting ourselves up if we start getting right. calls that are actually fair. But to me, it, it's it's the history of it all. You know, you look at it as a big old package of the AC hasn't ACC hasn't given Miami shit. You know what I mean? Like you, you have, I still want to know a couple things is, well, and I'm just going to call her name out. Susan, <laughs> like, Hey Susan, <laughs> when, when you have an article and here, I'm going to look right at the camera when I'm doing this, when you have an article that comes out and says, Hey, look at, there's a bunch of, these are a bunch of photos that are floating online. i look at this elbow down. Hmm. Okay. And then the first thing you write when you see that the ACC is re, re, reposting was, oh, yeah, we're going to agree with our referees. When the first thing you write is salt in the wound. No, no, no. That should be the moment of your, your time to shine. With your 24,000 followers, you should have said, once again, the ACC should be held accountable for their actions. Indisputable video evidence that they didn't have at that time. Then you could have called the spade a spade at that point. You could have you could have called them out. I agree. Could have easily became one of our favorites, but right now I feel like Susan, you have no pulse on this fan base, no pulse on the game, and honestly, you deserve zero follow up questions. I'm just saying, you got to do better. If you're if you're going to get two questions, do better in your articles. Do better on your fan post. Do better for us. Right. We're paying your bills. I agree. I'm just saying, like it, it's gotten to the point with the ACC and our media that it's just it, it's. We rip each other up, you know. What I mean, over over this game when really, yeah, it was a, it was a really terrible call. But bro, I've seen people learn shit. <laughs> no, I can't not. Like, I hate all our media. Like I hate every one of them because they suck. Like I yeah. get it. Your job is to, to report. No, I I, I, I'm, I don't give my give backlash. But the same backlash you get Miami, go give it to other people too. That's my issue with a lot of lot of like the people that's here, you know, that your job is to report on this university. And if you're constantly tearing it down and beating it and all that, 
you're going to literally just be reporting on a bad team. You know, like, go look at the the, the clicks and the likes and, and the subscribers and everything that you get from writers when Miami Heat were winning at the finals. You know, when the Dolphins were making the playoffs, obviously, a while ago, but they're making the playoffs consistent. Like, if you go look at that, look at the subscribers because people want to know what is going on with, with winning teams, with good teams. You know, if you go put a tabloid in, a, in an article anywhere, online, in the newspaper, whatever, and it says another Alabama, you know, Blanc or, you know, failing or whatever, people are going to look at that and they're like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. But, man, look what Nick Saban is doing right now currently in Tuscaloosa right. this week. And he's right. been doing it 25 years. People are like, what is he doing? Because they want to know what winning people are doing all the damn time. But if you're constantly beating a team down and beating a coach and all this other stuff, you bro, you have you have literally our, some of, some of the media coverage. <laughs> the first thing they were writing was, "Is it time to, to for Mario to be on a hot seat?" What are you talking about? This man is four and one. Four well, Barry and one. Jackson. Listen, so I'm just gonna say names today. I don't even care. Barry Jackson. We came out came out of his ass with that tweet. You know he's been saving that thing for a while. Well, this is what happens when you you tell you can't talk to local media. No, Barry, they just don't talk to you. Like, there's a difference. You don't have sources. Like, Jesus Christ! Like, it it blows my mind how there could be so much mediocre people in 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 influential spots. Like, how does this continue to happen? And you know what? It's partially our fault because we, even though we're arguing in their comments, right? Even though we're in their comments saying like. Your follow-up questions are literally hot dog water mixed with, like, onion juice. Even though we're saying that, we forget that that like or that share, that retweet, that comment all helps them. All of it. All of it. Every time we retweet them to argue them, algorithms don't understand that. All they see is, oh, posted. Oh, posted. That's all it sees. So – Susan having 24,000 of us following her hurts us. I I do love the fact that, like, uh, which one was it? It was Barstool Miami. Shout out to them because they called it all out. And, 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 but like, once again, Barstool, one of the, I think one of the, one of the best on the side of grabbing all the stuff and make sure they shared around 16,000 followers. You know what I mean? Like the difference of our numbers are swaying because we want to see the next dumb thing they post. So we stay following them. It doesn't work like that. It works like, well, we're all glued to this one channel and it doesn't see the difference of happy and hate. You know what I mean? It just sees it as you're here. And right. it's, it's, we, we put it on ourselves because realistically, like you mentioned, if, if you had that happen at a Bama, like, like legitly, like if someone goes, oh, that's Salton in in Nick Saban's wounds right there, Nick would have them fired and replaced that day before the yeah, article even hit the editor. The editor wouldn't even put it out. The editor would call Nick and be like, "Look what had happened here," and Nick's gonna be like, "Get them out of there," and replacement. And that's they hold themselves to that kind of pedigree because their media is attached to their success. Ours isn't. Ours is built off of the fan base. The fan base right. gets riled up like a like a pop 
And then guess what we do? Spread it around like wildfire. It's it, 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 it's just one of those things where I think I, I, I want to make sure I ask you the, the one thing, too, is because everybody's going to start burning down everything like you mentioned. And you kind of brought it to the very beginning of there's things that we take as positives. What is, I would say, three major things you want to express to people that are our positives coming out of that game? Um, probably stay off social media. Probably stay off of ESPN and ESPNU because nine times out of ten, all of it, it's the same thing. We talk about our own media. What do you think people that don't really cover Miami or even care for Miami are going to do? They're going to tear it down. You know, and unfortunately, our fan base falls for it. And I get it. Mario rightfully deserves flag. There, there's nobody right, saying right. that. You know, that was a he should have nailed the ball. But at the end of the day, it's just not what he does. So you can't really kill the man because we didn't bitch about it when we were winning. You know, it's just what he does. He's just running normal plays. And it just backfired on him. And we have to move on. We're still 4-1. and one. We still go win the ACC. You know, like there's there's still good things out of it, but we're sitting here listening to all this other media that, oh, Miami will never be, you know, back. And they're always cursed and they're, you know, all this other stuff. And our fans are some of the worst ones, too, because they, they do the same thing. And it's yeah. like, especially with the today's world of, you know, social media, it's like they try to troll themselves or their own school so they don't get trolled. It doesn't really work like that. If you want to go out there and talk crap about other people, you got to take it back too. You know, right, if you don't right. want to, then don't don't dish it. You know, so like, bro, I stayed off social. I haven't really like I'll get on there and post something and I'm off. I, I don't want to <laughs> deal with it, bro. You know, like yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't get me wrong. Like I think it's comical, you know, that so many people are affected in their livelihood by it. And I, I used to be the same way, bro, but. We've been bad for twenty some years. Like, yeah. Yeah. like I can understand if this was year five that we're just now starting to lose, and like, <laughs> nah, bro, like it's just another year. Like, yeah. we're not yeah. going to go undefeated. There was people that were coming in this this season saying eight and four, seven and five. We're going right. to lose right. a game that we shouldn't. That's one. What's the difference? There's the right. game that you shouldn't right. have lost, or that you shouldn't want, or yeah. And, you know, the, the the one thing I kind of want to touch on with you, too, is we lost by three plays. We didn't get – we didn't get – I mean, this loss was legitly three plays. But – and I, I think Flo kind of pointed it out on Sunday to kind of get everybody to kind of rile down that, remember, we had dominated them in every aspect of that game, you know, by yards and by – you know, we were moving them around. We were holding them back from being able to score – because legitly, if it wasn't for these referees putting them in like five yards away from the goal line mm-hmm. twice, they don't score. And legitly get them out of harm's way from getting away from that end zone, you get them a little bit away from it again. You know what I mean? Like there was a lot of those little calls that just pushed them just close enough to really – it's hard to stop somebody when they're four feet away from the, the end zone. 100%. Yeah. And that doesn't matter if it's – if it's NAIA versus Alabama, because obviously we saw what South Florida could do to Bama, but each their own. But it's hard to stop anybody that's that close. And right. I think there was a couple of positives I saw was it, even though we were very, very, very vanilla, which I kind of thought we were like, I remember we were kind of talking, I thought we'd go into this a little vanilla still. Like 
you didn't have to show a wrinkle if you really didn't want to in this game. Um, I was hoping to see a little bit more of the tight ends, which I really got excited about Riley. Uh, I thought that was really a highlight for me was seeing him jump in there. So you showed a little bit more of what you can do. I didn't like the tempo, but I didn't like the, like you said, the having the different DC kind of played that little, little fidgety card. I think, I think Steve-O kind of pointed out yesterday on three live canes of they wanted to force the big play to get the crowd back in. You know I mean? They wanted to force it rather than let it just come organically like it had been. And I thought that was a really good thought that he had. And I kind of hoped that he was going to continue with it because organic is hard for Miami to do when the spotlight's there because everybody loves the big show. And you had, uh, when I looked at ESPN, it said 58,000 in the stadium, which is awesome. So, even like some of our early predictions, how many people we thought were going to be there, like the low fifties or mid fifties surpass that, which is great. You have all the, you have the prime time on you. You have the, the new jerseys on you. You, you look fresh to death. You know what I mean? Let's just put it, let's just be real. If, if they win that game, it's going to be hard to take them out of the black. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they're going to want to wear it every damn week, but bro. you have that, all that light camera in action. And you should be beating up on these guys by, you know, by, by the 19-point spread, which means you're scoring over and over and over. Everybody gets to, to shine it bright. So then you yeah. get down by a little bit, and then you start trying to force it in there a little bit. And then you're forcing in there a little too much, you know. And and to me, this game reminded me a lot of the letdown of, like, a couple of years ago where it was kind of a letdown game, but it wasn't the same type of letdown. It was more of, like, we beat ourselves a lot. In that game, Georgia sure, Tech just was there. You know what I mean? Like they're not really doing anything other than just standing there. You know, to be real. But if you're looking at the Carolina game now going forward, I know you guys are probably touching on this on on the show for Saturday. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at it, how much do you think that you're going to look at this game? And be like, okay, I understand what has happened in the transgressions, but here's like a way we can build off of what we did well. What was something that you thought was really well done in our game against Georgia Tech that you would build off to play against the Carolina? Um, I mean, honestly, if it's me, I'm going to do exactly what Georgia Tech did, right? They lost to Bowling Green, turned around and played an impeccable game. I'm going to throw the whole damn game away. I don't care what happened last game. Right. I, I don't care that the defense really did a great job. I don't care that James Williams had an interception. I don't care that Francisco had an interception. I, I just don't care because at the end of the day, Georgia Tech and USC, they're two totally different teams. That game that we played on, on last Saturday is not going to be the same team that shows up this Saturday. So, I mean, like, it's all fine and dandy. Like, I get it, but you have to throw the whole game away. Erase it. Get out your mind. Let's go play ball. At the end I- of the day, that's all that matters. I like that because I think you would have done it if you would have beat them too, right? Is because you you don't want to have the 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 vibes of last game to build that success off of too. You know mm-hmm. where you start getting your little, you start kind of feeling yourself a little bit too much. We were kind of getting worried about that with after Temple of you guys gonna come out a little flat, you know. And I don't think they came out necessarily flat. I think they came out a little, I wouldn't say out of sync, but it just felt like they right. were kind of trying to figure out who they what what tempo they really wanted to go do you want to go faster do you want to go slow i just felt like they were kind of just off by a hair too you know what i mean like some of the throws just kind of looked weird um it, 
to me, it just seemed like it was kind of lingering. But I kind of want to see your answer on on Anthony's. It says Ale, or I'm sorry, should say the real Lex, because obviously, <laughs> shout out to Lex, my guy. Uh, it's hilarious that Florida and it, Florida and Seminole fans are making fun of us for losing to Georgia Tech on Twitter and saying we might lose half of our recruiting class. Rasa, you're the man of, of recruiting. What do you think of that? I mean, I think it's honestly all premature. You know, um, you're still four and one team. You're still in the top twenty-five. Now, I think if you start to to see the the landslide, like if we start just by, like it's it's we probably don't win but two games. Then yeah, you gotta obviously start worrying. But I mean, it's recruiting, bro. Like those kids in the sections, they knew, like, okay, look at Miami. This ain't Miami. You know, like this isn't a team we saw beat beat Texas A&M. This isn't a team that went out and manhandled, you know, all the rest of their opponents. So what's going on? Is there something here? Is, is this a trap game? It's nasty outside. It was raining. It's pouring. Those uh, Adidas cleats weren't – they were slipping and sliding. Like, they had a horrible grip, you know. And then, like you just said, literally right after the game, you get a top 50 player in the country to commit. <laughs> so, like, yeah, yeah. I know. Like I, it was like I was saying earlier. Everybody was hit the panic button. If these recruits ain't hitting it, why should we? Right. I think that's a huge point that you bring up is if if, if what we were building in the in in the Manny days, right? It had to be glitz and glamour, and it had to be W's because we weren't really showing anything. We're honestly, I'm, I'm not trying to say that it is that way, but it was very Florida State like this year where. I'm I'm trying to have you feel my feel my flex because I I don't want you to know how weak everything else is, exactly. you know what I mean? It's it's show pony stuff, you know. Where this side of it is, we lost the game, but we're going to show you that we're improving every every single week, you know. Where our five and seven doesn't define who we were, and we're going to be a lot better than that this year because we're building something, and we're also building our players up. We can show that we've been developing. We can show that each guy is going to keep t- continuing to take a step forward. You know what I mean? Sure. That's something that we don't have to sit there and say, oh, we have to win 15 and 0. Otherwise the sky fell. You lost. Yeah, I get it. Like, it, but you also gained Nikari right afterwards. Like that doesn't happen under that kind of like leadership in that kind of, I call it the sandcastle foundation because it's just once that big wave comes, it's gone. This mm-hmm. is a stone foundation. It's going to endure some weather. And and trust me, like we're not – like you you pointed out, Flo's pointed out, Coach Hayes has pointed out, Coop's pointed out, everybody's pointed out. This isn't the national championship team that we're all hoping for. Correct. This is the team that builds those guys. This Correct. is the team that gets you there. Right. Like you couldn't get a 0-1 team without the 99 team. You know what I mean? Like you had to have guys there prior – to build them and to build themselves up. And you have to give them time. But like you for mentioned, sure. man, like you have to be able to look at the positives versus the negatives. And for us as Hurricane fans, except for jumping on the, the bandwagon of, oh, God, right. what jersey behind me am I going to burn in the bonfire pit tonight because we lost? You know what? That's when I go buy another jersey and be like, you know what? I'm still going to rock it. You know what I mean? Because – to me, it's just one of those things where it's easier to get down and behind than to fight back. And I, I love the fact that we have a team that's going to fight back. Well, and I think when you look at it, especially as a recruit and as a parent of recruits, right, you sit back and, and you can tell the culture of a locker room. 
And when you looked at that on that field, the team got down. Like we started losing momentum, and the fight just never, never gave. You know, it's where is years past. You get down seventeen to, to ten, you you literally having touchdowns called back because of a flag. And I get it as deflating, but this team fought. This team didn't just die down. You know, right. at the end of the day, they're they're running the clock out. Right. I don't have it. Here's my thing. I have zero issues with Mario Cristobal running the ball. People can bash him. People can talk about it. You can do whatever you want. I am a big advocate of dominate your opponent. Don't go yep. conservative. I'm huge for that. To me, I can't sit here and say, oh, man, no, I need you to kneel the ball. Why? I, me personally, as a fan, in the way I want to kill an opponent, Jimmy Johnson days, dominate. I don't care if it's 23 seconds on the clock and it's third and three. Throw a bomb. Let, let's go score again. Yep. You want to you want me to stop dancing? Stop me. That's <laughs> that's me. I, and I get it. I'm a fan. Mario's on the different. I get that. I can't bitch at this man. And in my mind, I'm I'm sitting here. Go pound the rock. Maybe you give yep. him a break one and da da da. And people always will the what ifs, right? And I get that. Right. I, I, but if you're gonna hit that same what if, I get you with another thirty what ifs. What if he snaps the ball on a kneel and he juggles the ball and it still fumbles, right? Right. Then we blunder. Is that? But there's so and I get it. That right. Take the. I understand. That. I have no problem with it. It shows the way. But as a fan, I can't sit here and constantly tell, tell them that I want an aggressive offensive coordinator. I want an all aggressive play caller. Yeah. I want all this. But then when it doesn't work for me, now I want to kill my OC. And now I want to kill. I can't do that, bro. I just can't. I don't care who it is. People go, oh, you love Mario. Oh, you. I don't care who it is, bro. I'm going to support whoever, the, whoever is calling the play because they're a Miami Hurricane. I don't care about nothing else. But now if you want to hit on the flip side and you like the conservative route and you're more so of just take, it, take the three nils or whatever. and Because you got to remember – that run was on a third down. So why why we didn't take a knee the other two downs? We ran the ball. I know. So why why are we just bitching and complaining about the one third one. down play where he fumbled? <laughs> you have three three running plays. He could have kneeled on all of them. So oh. I understand it. I get it. Because you lost, because of bad call, I get it. You want to take the kneel. And I have no problem with that. But you can't also sit here, and, and you may not. There may be people out here that that's the conservative route, just go kneel the ball through time. That's cool. I understand that. But at the same time, me personally, I can't kill the man when I'm constantly telling this man, go go score. I don't, bro, I don't care if it's 52 to 10. I want another one. I want damn near 60. That's yeah. me. I, I, bro, I love killing opponents. I want you to never want to play me again. I think I think I, I I'm gonna run this by you, and I'm gonna see if if we're on the same wave level, right? When you lose, like, like you know what, like when something doesn't go your way, like like the game, right? We've always been talking about a couple of things as fans. When you watch the game, what what happened to you right after the game? Honestly, I just flipped to another game. That happens too. But you were you like a little upset? I mean. As a, a fan, of course, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm going to be pissed, but I sat there and watched the play 30,000 times. And I right. knew his shit was down. I knew he was down. 
I didn't have the 4K picture that's all around Twitter. But you can look and see it, and then you can right. see the motion of the ball reel after he's laying on the – like, bro, Dave said earlier, and y'all will see it Saturday on the thing, he's taking a nap. Like, he, his whole arm is on the ground. Yeah. And then the ball comes loose. Like, and then it balls out. So, and like, I get it, but, I, like, I was more pissed at the refs. Yeah. Because – and I've said this for decades. I don't like how much control a referee, an official, has on any game. Not just Correct. football. Basketball, baseball, hockey, like soccer, I don't like it, you know. And, yeah. and I'm okay with the reviews because it kind of takes a little bit out of their hands. But when you review it and then you still double down on, bro, yeah, I got an issue with you. I yeah. got a pure issue. So before I get back to the point, I'll I'll, I'll kind of touch on that. I really don't understand how the ACC and and maybe I'm wrong on this. The ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten. I liked what the NFL did of getting like eyes in the sky and be able to call somebody in a different, wherever they're at, you know, wherever their headquarter is the professionalist professional ref is there to eye that call. You know what I mean? Like where they'll review it and then they call them back and say, yay or nay. You know, I love that part because that person in the other place is taking full responsibility for saying I'm right. You're wrong. End of story. You know what I mean? Like, so that doesn't change the game. So like you said, it takes the, the influence out of it a little bit. But getting back to what I was trying to say was, after the game, I always read body language. That might have been the first time I've seen Hurricanes pissed, crying, emotional. I was, I was, and I'm sitting there like, oh, they're not going to go take gas station pictures tonight. This ain't that squad. And right. I, it, and like a lot of you know, a lot of people were like, "Well, you know, North Carolina's kind of, uh, we'll kind of walk into this Carolina game." I almost feel sorry for Carolina. That's how I'm starting to view this game. Like, you had to have one of these games where your whole team just strips everything away and says, "F this success." Like, we need to go out and be pissed. Like, no more. Well. You know, this team is – we should run by them by 21. You should. The team I think you're going to see on Saturday mm-hmm. is going to bust through the wall. Like, I don't think that they're going to be very friendly with Carolina. I don't think I it's going to take them a quarter to wake up for that game. I think they come out, and I almost think that they're going to try – I think they're going to flip the coin and be like, I don't give a shit what, what you call. Either my offense comes out and runs it down your throat, or my defense comes out and punches you in the mouth. Either way, you are not going to like us being here. I think that's the Miami you see. I think that's the Miami you see going forward from this game. Because really, dude, like, I don't, I, you had a win stolen, but it was your own call too. You know what I mean? Like, and it wasn't the first time that a coach could be like, well, it was on the players, or, you know what I mean? Like, that kind of like, we right, lost right, a right. part you had it ripped from you in all three aspects. Your coaching failed you, your offense failed you, and your defense failed you the last seconds. All three had to take the hit. Bro, I, I think we just come out fired. Like, I, 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 I think we leave with more blue and shit on our jerseys on that white stormtrooper, <laughs> and they walk out with ripped up jerseys and shit. Like I just don't think that they they are going to be happy to see us leave. I think that'll be the call is 
they will just be like, y'all need to y'all y'all go hit somebody else because I think we're just gonna come for him, bro. I, I seeing the body language, I don't think our offensive line is very happy with anybody right now, and especially Lee getting oh, some slack after that. Yeah, silent I, killers are worrisome. But you know, you know what's funny though is there's a play that had, like never gets talked about, never gets mentioned, and it's the fact that they didn't call the touchdown for Georgia Tech down at the, the one or two because he started his slide yeah. before he even got to the end zone. It and I get it. There would have been three or four seconds up on the clock, but Georgia yeah. Tech had no timeout. They would have had to run were, all the way down the, the field, get set up, they and either up. call pass play, whatever, whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. You would have still had to do it. And, right. no, and, and nobody wants to mention that. Everybody wants to talk about the fumble. Right. I get it. Right for stuff is huge. But the way our defense was playing that whole game, you're telling me that we couldn't have held up uh, like one three, one yard, one goal line stand. Right. Come on, bro. Like they hadn't run the ball well at all. And what and and when you know there's one second, I'm going after only the QB, and that's it. And my DBs, you're not going to run by my DBs on the one-yard line, and I'm pretty sure my DBs are way more agile than your receivers, so I'm not worried. I'm sending Cam in. I'm sending I'm sending Williams in. You're not getting past those guys. Like, I completely yeah. agree with you that it wasn't just the one call. That's what I was saying. Like, the kneel was the very little of, of, the, of the reason why we named the show against the refs today because that was just one. <laughs> there was about 11 calls that are you're just in there like, so we're not going to get a holding call today. And guys, uh, here's a fun fact for you guys. So I was telling Rasa before the, before the show, I ran a, I ran an AI uh, against our uh, team. Do you guys know how many times since we've joined the ACC, how many times we have had an opponent have zero offensive holding calls against us? Guys in the chat, just type a number in there. Just any number. You know what? I want to see how many actually can get this right. Because you're going to have yeah. that, that weird number, you know, where somebody's like, oh, 35 or some shit. Right. Like, because you got to figure the, the – so here, I'll give you guys an idea of this. The, when I, I ran the chat in there and I said the probability of a team getting zero offensive holding calls on an average college football game, the percentage of you getting zero within a game – Thirty-one percent. That's your only option, or that's your only percentage. So, Mister Overdose put six. Okay, I like that. I idea. respect that number. I respect, I respect that number. number. Yeah, and it's it's wild because we started running things uh, of how do we get to this point? You know, how do we get to these? You know, it's not all about the ACC refs. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's bad calls all over the place. I'm not saying that there isn't, but there has been a lot of unfortunate events when it comes to our games. Oh, there look at go. that. Two years ago, we went almost 10 games before a team was called for holding against us. You didn't even have to mention it. I didn't. Look at that. Curveball. Wow. Curveball, you are correct. When, since we I'm have joined impressed. the ACC, there has been an official 11 games of perfect – offenses against us where they beat those that 31% odds and somehow it's happened to Miami 11 times you know what the next highest was against the current 
current top 25 teams. So the cap top 25 teams, how many times have they have all probably faced that anomaly? Let's just let's just think about it. So if Miami's at 11, where do you think like a Bama's at or a Auburn's at or Texas A&M or shit, we're throwing everybody in here, right? So Cal and Oregon and Michigan and Ohio State. Thank you, Thomas. If anybody can get it. Thomas is close. Shout out to Curveball. Yeah. Thomas is very close. I was actually shot. I don't. I, was, I didn't think somebody would have got it. I'm the highest. The highest was three. <laughs> That's crazy. So, so for all the all the people that are like, well, it's it's just it's just Miami. No, no, no. We're saying when we're saying the ACC refs versus Miami that somehow you play your most cleanest, most perfected game only against one squad, and that tends to be. The University of Miami Hurricanes. <laughs> crazy how that works. It's crazy and, and, how that works, bro. And weirdly, you know what ends up happening a lot of times after they get these zero holding call games? The next game for these squads, it doesn't happen. <laughs> they tend to have right. one of their one of their worst holding games the following game. Kind of like the ACC is trying to – Right. It's almost like the ACC is trying to, like, you know – kind of tilt everything back in so then when they look over the year and say, well, you all had about the same. Well, it's because you had zero in one game and then 22 in the next game, you know, where it kind of evens you out. But Go ahead, go ahead. You know what's funny is I was was telling Dave this on on the show tonight. As I said, usually when Miami gets that call, right, we're like, oh, finally we get a call. It's either we're up two, three touchdowns where it doesn't matter anymore right. or, like, we're trying to come back or, you know, and, and it's just too late of, of us to come back, you know? Like, it's just, it doesn't even matter. Or, or yeah, like like what we were talking about before of, like, the, the punt return, kick return, all those, all those that were in that, you know, that transitional phase of here's your momentum building, either get back in the game or put the game away against, like, maybe a higher Clemson-y type deal. Because, like Mark mentioned, bro, that that game against Clemson, we're kind of fighting back, fighting back, fighting back, and then magically we can't get a call to save our lives, even though you're watching guys, you know, getting their jersey halfway ripped off, and all of a sudden you can't get one call to help you out, and all of a sudden it's just over with. But – and it happens. I like this question. I think we'll do one last question. We'll we'll finish this one up and then we'll call it a day, bro. Uh, I do like this from from Mitchell. How many natty appearances do you think Mario's within Mario's tenure? If we get DVD back next year to help with the recruiting, I kind of like that. Uh, I mean, me personally, I don't think I don't think DVD comes back next year um, unless a day just is ready to leave. Um, because I don't know if people have watched the DBs at FIU. I don't think they're ready. Um, that's not saying, you know, DVD can't be a good coach, but I think that's kind of what happened was Mario wants him to go get that experience. So he kind of, mm-hmm. you know, get, get back into it. Um, so, I mean, I think in Mario's tenure, I, I think it's a that's a big question because how long does Mario stay? 10 years, 20 years, you know, right. five years? Um, 
I think if all goes well, you're looking at maybe 15 to 20, right, in that span. And that's that's Mario having good years. You know, you don't have to worry about him not not being on the hot seat every two years or whatever it is. Maybe. <laughs> I, think, I think you see probably three to four national title appearances. Um, I think you probably see seven to eight college football if all rolls well, college football playoff appearances. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot, especially as we get the the, the extension going on next year too. I really like our chances to get in there. Um, but Rasa, appreciate you jumping in, bro. I I, oh, I love the fact that we can always talk conspiracy theories together. I think that we always <laughs> tend to go down these rabbit holes together. So I love that. But like we always do with every show, how we kind of wrap it up is we do our hot take. So we're going to do one hot take, and I'm guessing that you and Dave did it. And you know what? No, I still we didn't do a hot take. All right. So I'm going I'm to grab one hot take from you for UNC game. TVD has five touchdowns. <laughs> you know, I, I like that because everybody, everybody wants him to hit the five. I, I like that. I'm going to go – I think, I think Cheney becomes a menace. I just really something in my gut just says like, if I'm having some money in my pocket and I could bet on college football, I'm going Cheney over 125, and I'm also going to bring in one of my other running backs. I'm not sure which one I want to go with yet, but one of those guys gets oh really really close to the hundred marker. I want to say like 90 ish. So. I'm going to go our running game is actually going to end up being what kind of prevails us because everybody's hyping up uh, Carolina's running game. I think yeah. I think our running back room takes that a little personally this week and says, offensive line, just do your thing. We'll, we'll run even harder this week. So uh, for the tailgate show, ladies and gentlemen, the Canes juice of the week. So I need you guys to go grab a pen, grab a paper, <laughs> write down the concoctions, and I'll show you how to make it on Saturday. It's going to have – some let's see gin, white tequila, rum, <laughs> vodka, <laughs> and blue. I don't know how to pronounce this. Blue cow, c u r a c a o, Caraco? Caraco. Caraco is There you go. Look at that. I can I can learn how to so actually pronounce words today. And <laughs> some orange juice, and I'll show you guys how to make it. <laughs> and. We'll know the actual time of the tailgate once they release it. So I'll put that on the social media page. So it'll be at Miami Mayhem Show on Twitter. Ross, do you want to let them know, everybody know when they can find you guys this week and your guys' social media page? Um, so as every week, um, the Miami game day preview show, Saturday mornings, 8 o'clock, um, obviously on the podcast and on YouTube here on Miami Flow channel. Uh, we will update it. We do have a Facebook page for the Sebastian Lane show. So if you want to follow us on Facebook, we will be on, I'll post it live and everything on there. I will be in the comments. It is a pre-recorded show. Me and Dave did record tonight, but I will be in there talking to you guys and interacting as well. Uh, and obviously on social media, Ross to edit. Um, and then what I'll say, um, oh, I am, I have a whole statistic graph that I went over for both teams. Um, how UNC does and how opponents do against them. So check that out, especially if you want to know more about the game. Awesome. And how we end every show, it always has been, and it always will be. Mm -hmm.
All about that, you baby. See you here by Saturday. Check it out on the podcast.